I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Hey everybody, welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about the Second Amendment, guns, freedom, and self-defense, and whatever else we want to talk about. I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-owner of Cape Gunworks, and we are brought to you by Vortex Optics. So you want to check them out, you can come to the store and we'll show you their whole selection of awesome scopes with lifetime warranty. And we're really happy you're here, and if you want to be a part of the show, make sure you go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire. You'll see a little Tune In button there you can click on, and you can get signed up. Whenever we go live, you can be a part of the discussion. You'll be able to chat in real time or call the show, and would be happy to have you and on, and we'll answer your questions and whatnot. So I love the you know, listener feedback because it helps shape this show into something that is a little bit more useful to you. So we answer a lot of questions on the show. We have guests that answer questions. And uh, that's really what our service is all about. It's trying to, you know, get good information out there. And along those lines, I failed uh, when I told you guys, if you moved to this state with firearms, you had 180 days to uh, apply or you had a 180 day grace period. I was wrong on that. It was actually 60 day. And one of my listeners pointed that out. So I appreciate that. And uh, you only have a 60 day grace period when you move to the state. So within that 60 days, you have to take a an approved course for the LTC by somebody who's licensed in this state to do so. So if you had a NRA certified class in another state, it won't work here because that person isn't registered with the uh, state police. And so you can't just accept, they won't accept those certificates. So you got to take a class here when you get here within that 60 day and apply within that 60 day grace period so that you're not found to be in compliance, uh, uncompliance with our very egregious and overbearing firearms laws in the state of Massachusetts. So Interestingly enough, like if you come here, unless you're coming here to hunt or to an organized sanctioned shooting contest or event, you really can't bring your guns here otherwise. So, you know, you got to just, you can drive through the state with them, but you, you really can't bring guns to the state unless you're coming to a sanctioned shooting event or a uh, hunt, you're here for hunting reasons. So, that's a fun little tidbit of information that a lot of people probably don't know. Because um, I know a lot of people who come to the state, and they're like, oh, I got my gun. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have those guns. But anyway, um, I think you should be able to. But until national reciprocity has a actual day in the legislature, 
I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I would love to see that happen as long as it's not at the expense of, you know, more regulation and more, you know, requirements to exercise your Second Amendment rights. Um, I would much rather, you know, this case before the Supreme Court be ruled favorably, you know, that you shouldn't need to give a reason for why you need a license to carry. So that's my feeling on it. So, but we got lots to talk about today. Um, there's a bunch of stuff in the news, gun related. We still have um, our 2A Tuesday on the Grace Curley show. So if you're ever listening to Grace Curley on WRKO, make sure you tune in to uh, her show on Tuesdays between the two and three o'clock hour. We take a lot of calls and I'm always impressed that so many people from New Hampshire um, actually listen to that show. So we get a lot of calls from New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. And so, yeah, that's always fun. I'm, I'm also on the Howie Car Show every once in a while. He's been doing a lot of live remotes from here at Cape Gunworks. And we covered for an hour of his show. We'll be doing that again coming up, I'm sure. And I b believe I'll be covering for the Grace Curley Show pretty soon as well. So that'll be fun. One of the things I didn't realize was happening out there was there was a little bit of discussion on Northeast Shooters, which is probably the largest forum in Massachusetts about uh, rapid fire and also about 2A Tuesday with Grace Curley. And so it was pretty neat to go on there and kind of uh, read up the on all the comments on that. And that's where I learned a couple things, you know, about uh, the 60-day um, grace period not being 180 day and you know i don't as far as grace curly she always touts me as the firearms expert which i know a lot about firearms and law and whatnot but i don't know everything so uh, i get i can certainly get a lot of stuff wrong and i've always been very impressed by our customers who come into the shop and you know i would never try to enter into a battle of wits with some of the customers i've had come in the shop. I mean, they know the nuance of certain guns. And, you know, one of my customers, this is kind of a cool story. He's a friend and a customer, but he's always told me, keep an eye out for a certain uh, K-22. Uh, it's a Smith & Wesson 22 pistol with a certain set of grips and certain set of sights. And so, I've, and, it, and it has to fall within a certain serial number range. And I'm like, okay. And then we get one of these guns in and fortunately for me one of the other guys who works for me who's I would consider a firearms expert about the nuance of guns and values and what they cost and whatnot he immediately knew what it was I was like it looks like all the other ones we've had but <laughs> he um he calls my friend and says uh yeah Arthur and he calls my friend and says hey we got one of those guns that you, and we tell him the price over the phone. He comes down with a fistful of dollars. He was not going to walk out the store without that gun. He goes, I have been visiting gun stores in Massachusetts for 40 years to find one of these guns. And here it is. So, I mean, we could have doubled the price. He was going to go, <laughs> he's going to leave with it. But of course we would never have done that. And it's a friend too. But uh, it's just kind of funny that, um, you know, 
every once in a while we come across the holy grail but that's something i wouldn't have known you know what i mean i wouldn't have i would have put it in the case for probably the wrong amount of money thinking it was just your average uh gun but we surround ourselves with smart people and we do try to do our due diligence and research every gun that comes in but there are certain guns that have nuance to the level that i don't know and I feel like at times Henry Ford, you know, and he's running Ford Motor Company and he's, you know, changed the way cars are manufactured and sold and whatnot. And he's on trial and lawyers are trying to trip him up on trial. Like, what about this? And he goes, I have no idea. And they're like, see, you know, he's an idiot or whatever. And he goes, but I surround myself with people who do know and I could find out in five minutes about that. So why should I jam my brain up with all kinds of useless information that I don't need to know when I have people around me who do? And I'm like, I like that. That guy's my guy. All right, the best legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Members can call their lawyers at any time, even for compliance questions. We'll be right back with Randy Sinaway from Law Shield. So stay tuned. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Welcome back. This is Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week for the best gun talk show around. We talk all things firearms, self-defense, freedom, and whatever else crops up. But today, I'm really happy we're joined by Randy Sinaway from U.S. Law Shield. He is our uh, rep that comes into the shop often and talks to people about carry insurance. And it's certainly one of the questions that comes up often on the show People ask me all the time, do you have insurance or, you know, are you a member of any of the companies out there that represent people if they find themselves in that 
unlikely situation, but certainly if you are in a situation where you have to defend yourself with a firearm or with any type of weapon, what what do you do? And so it brings great peace of mind to me knowing I'm a member of U.S. Law Shield, but I wanted to get Randy, have you on the show. Thanks for coming. I appreciate you, you joining us. And um, why don't you go ahead and just give us a quick history of what you do for U.S. Law Shield and what your role is and what, what is U.S. Law Shield so people know. Okay. <clears throat> so again, my name is Randy Sinway. I'm the district manager for the I guess, New England area, if you want to say, for U.S. Law Shield. Uh, I've been with the company for two years. The company started in 2009 in Texas as Texas Law Shield. And then several years ago, they did a national expansion. So we actually, we sell in 46, but cover all 50 states. Cool. So there's um, some companies out there that don't quite cover all 50 states, correct? Or is that, is that does that set you apart a little bit that you do carry, you can get coverage in all 50 states? Or? I mean, some, both, there are some that do both. Mm -hmm. I mean, that do all, some that don't. There are some that are just local. Um, I think the big, without going, skipping around, but the biggest thing that separates us is that we're a membership. Okay. We're actually not an insurance company. We're Got it. So it's not insurance. You're a member group that basically pools together. And all right, so let's just fast forward. Okay. Like I said, you, you end up in the Worst day of your life yep. where you had to defend yourself against a threat or you had to defend a loved one against a threat. What happens at that point? Okay. Well, I mean, most people are, someone's calling the police, right? You want to make that call as quick as possible. Don't give any information out as far as, you, know, you don't want to, you know, because anything you say is going to be used against you. Sure. Your next call absolutely should be to um, U.S. Law Shield. Uh, we have an emergency hotline that actually speaks to an attorney. So then it gets routed to our attorney immediately in the state you're in. Um, so that as soon as that, you know, you're talking to him immediately, he's going to tell you, you know, what to say, what not to say. Um, if you end up getting arrested, he'll probably, he'll meet you at the jail. Um, and you know, he's right. He's there right from the beginning. Got it. All the way to the end. Yeah. So, I mean, that great, that gives you a great peace of mind. Obviously the attorneys that, represent U.S. Law Shield are well-versed in firearms law. You guys aren't going through the yellow pages at that point. There's a there's a, an attorney that's predetermined ahead of time, correct? Correct. So when we come into a territory, like so when we came into Massachusetts about three years ago, we vetted the attorney. Mm -hmm. We put him through the ringer. I mean, made sure. Uh, and Jason Gaida, who's out of Saugus, um, this is all he does. He's been in 20, 20 years of firearms law. First, working with the prosecutor. He works. He worked for the state police board, you know, doing licensing, and that's all his practice is today. His firearms. Nice. So, obviously, he's well versed in, you know, what what happens, and you know, it's it's funny how people buy a gun to protect themselves, but then they don't think beyond the the need to protect themselves. There's more to protecting yourself than just having a gun. You got to protect yourself by having a good plan Absolutely. in place to what happens in the aftermath of the mm -hmm. shooting, and you know it's not like the TV or the movies where you you shoot the bad guy, and in the next scene you're at the bar drinking a beer yeah. with the boys, you know, saying, "Man, that was a yeah. close one." I mean, yeah. it's it just changed your life forever. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have the society we live in today. 
you're going to have, I mean, district attorneys, they're not there to be your friend. They're not going to sit there and go, oh, was he guilty? They're going to do what they have to do to do their job to go after you. Sure. You know, they don't care you have a family. They don't care you have a job. They they, they want to win. Right. You know, and if any excuse they can have to go after you, they're going to do it. Right. And so, obviously, um, you guys have been around for a while now, and you have a good track record of defending people against, uh, you know, obviously prosecutors and yeah. and whatnot. So. so, I mean, we don't have, we don't give numbers as far as, like, you know, how many cases we've won or this and that, because you got to remember, if someone's being charged with, say, class one felony, and they get reduced to a minor misdemeanor, that's still a success, but we don't, we just don't count that because it, every area is different. Um, um, what I can say, I can give you specific examples of people who are U.S. Law Shield members, mm-hmm. uh, if you'd like. Um, if anyone remembers uh, the church shooting two years ago in Texas, it was right after Christmas 2019. Sure. Jack Wilson. Jack Wilson. Jack Wilson. I mean, we all, most people hopefully here know the story, but if not, he was in church. A lot of his family members were there. Someone brought another parishioner in, and that person started shooting. Jack Wilson took one shot and killed the man, mm-hmm. right? But he saved everybody in that church. Right. It took over almost 10 months before the grand jury acquitted him. Wow. So think about those legal costs. Yeah. Okay. Luckily for him, he was a U.S. Law Shield member since 2013. Mm. It was 131 bucks for him. Right. But think of all that time. Most people think that's a very clean self-defense. It didn't stop the you know, sure. to a grand jury. And on top of it, he was sued by two prisoners for mental wow. anguish. Wow. So, yeah, and that was in Texas, right? Correct. So Texas, where you think everybody's born with a gun in their hand and that they're going to come pin the award on you if you're the hero and shoot the bad guy and yep. save the village. But in reality, here is a guy who's still faced 10 you know, months of yeah. of litigation or prosecution and, you know, obviously you would have had to mount quite a legal defense Absolutely. To, to get to get through that. And so US Law Shield covered him as well for the civil Yes. Uh, they got they actually US Law Shield got both those cases dismissed. Okay, great. Wow. So it doesn't just cover you criminally, it also covers you civilly. Yeah the, for the attorney's fees, yes. Okay. Great. Well that's um that's huge because a lot of people don't realize that even if the the prosecutor or the you know police decide not to charge you with a crime or you know decide to see if they can you know pin you up on mm-hmm. the wall as their trophy room then you know the the neighbor or, or whoever the family of the person who attacked you amazingly can come after you for Correct. civil civilly for responsible death or you know for crime you know and oh uncle joe he was just a town drunk and he was in the wrong house yeah. he wasn't gonna kill you i don't know how that you know machete got in his hand but he was just doing you know doing some pruning outside and all of a sudden he was in your living room but he was just confused he was a good guy he wouldn't hurt anybody and now all of a sudden you're mounting a legal defense against that which is ridiculous absolutely but you know what is the average case like that cost do you know financially what that could run um i mean all i know so our statistics are so as far as like a, if a major a major case yep. you're looking at two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! All right, but most attorneys I know they charge anywhere from two fifty to three fifty an hour, if not more, five hundred dollars an hour. Sure. Add that up, you're looking at tens of thousands for a minor case. Right. Never mind, you know anything that goes far. 
right. and then how long it takes. Yeah. So obviously if you have more to lose, you probably have more of a chance of a civil case of people just coming to thinking they've, you know, they've got the golden goose. So Absolutely. Well, I, I yeah. tell people a lot who might, you know, maybe they could afford to say spend 250 bucks, 250,000 on their legal defense. Yep. But frankly, if that is something you could write a check for, it proves that you have more resources that people can go after. Absolutely, exactly. If you if they're going to get blood from a stone, they're not going to waste their time. Yeah. But if they know you got, you know, uh, you've worked hard your whole life and you have uh, wealth, you know, or or even a nest egg that you're going to retire on, uh, the the most tragic thing in America would be to watch that disappear. In Absolutely. as you're sitting there trying to fund your local attorney to keep you, uh, to keep you know to keep yeah. you out of trouble. So yeah, you don't want to lose two hundred. And think about it. If you whatever your nest egg is, all of a sudden. That, that's a large chunk. To, yes, absolutely. To go absolutely. That'll set most of us back for a long time to come. <laughs> um, so what does it cost? How much is so it? So we charge 1095 a month or $131 a year. Um, we do have a one-time setup fee for 1995 But if you do an annual membership, we give you two free months on the back end. Okay. So it's 14 months for 150 for the first year and then 131 every year after that. Okay. 140 every year after that. Yeah. So... To me, it sounds like cheap insurance or cheap. Yeah, I know a, it's it, not considered insurance, yep. but but it's short money for peace of mind mm -hmm. is really what it comes down to. Absolutely. And so, if they go to the website, they can listen to some of the member stories and stuff Absolutely. like that, right? Um, yep. Um, yeah. So Jack Wilson's on there, and I forget the other gentleman's name, Wilford. Uh -huh. Here's a um, man who was in a grocery store parking lot with his family. He got out, and someone ran up on him with a gun. Wow. All right. So. If people go to CGWMA, they text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. They're going to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield. Correct. So text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. And you get a 24-7 attorney, a, a red number that you can call should you find yourself in that situation. Plus... There's another benefit that if you just have legal questions, you could call a different number and you can just, you know, someone's going to get back to you, right? Correct. So we have, yeah, so on their card, you'll see there's the red number is the emergency, the black number is your day-to-day. -day. It's open, I think, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the whole country. And you call and you say, you know what, I have a firearms question or I have a firearm law question. What about this new weapon? What, whatever it is, you call that black number, we're going to have the attorney call you back. Awesome. All right, make sure you guys go and sign up. At U.S. Law Shield, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Randy, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, 
keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. This is attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer, but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms, and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets, including trusts, healthcare proxies, and powers of attorney zoning or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692, that's 508-384-8692, or visit my website, kglangerlaw.com. Talk to you soon. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week for the weekly radio show about all things guns, Second Amendment, self-defense, and whatever else we want to talk about. And this show is brought to you by Vortex Optics. And after the last segment with Randy Sinaway, it brings up a lot of you know legal-type questions as to what the heck could happen if you found yourself in some sort of self-defense situation. And I think of no better person to talk about that than... Attorney Keith Langer, who is joining us now. Thanks for joining us, Keith. How are you today? Good morning, Toby. How goes the battle on the Cape now that all the Turons are leaving? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I've i always said, don't bite the hand that feeds you. And so <laughs> I, I see our economy is really based on tourism. So I, I put up with it, but, you know, and I, I realized, hey, it's what makes the engine run, so I'm okay with it. But it is nice. September and October, my two favorite months here on Cape Cod, but I digress. So we just came off of a segment with uh, Randy Sinaway from U.S. Law Shield, but I know there's several other organizations out there as well, and there's a couple that we represent here at Cape Gunworks. And what are your thoughts on on either insurance or a membership that helps pay legal protection if you find yourself in the unlikely event that you have to defend yourself with a firearm or some other weapon of, you know, of convenience? Well, a, a decent policy, uh, Law Shield, USCCA is another one, probably the uh, 
the largest at this point. A decent policy will certainly help because it gets very expensive very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, legal costs for criminal defense are extremely high. Yeah. Even, I mean, even if it's just a, like a, maybe it's not even a self-defense incident, but some sort of, you know, little old lady sees you printing in a supermarket and calls the police and they charge you with brandishing a weapon or something. If it's not even a defensive issue, but something like that, that could still rack up pretty quick, could it not? That should be disposed of pretty quickly because there's no such charge in Massachusetts. And the mere fact that the firearm is showing is not an arrestable offense. All they can do is uh, demand that you produce a license. We have case law on that. Mm -hmm. What's more likely to happen is you'll be hit with a suspended license just because somebody felt unsafe and the chief wants to cover his or her backside. Yeah. And the insurance companies will not cover that because that's not uh, a criminal charge. That's purely civil. Sure. Right. So you need to know what the limitations of these coverages are. Yeah. What do you think, um, at a minimum, you could expect to pay on a self-defense case uh, if you were paying out of pocket? What do you think? Well, it depends on whether it's uh, simply... Producing the weapon, which would be assault with a dangerous weapon charge, or whether there's an actual discharge, uh, and was anybody hurt? But the bottom line is, I can't imagine it being disposed of for less than 10000 as an absolute minimum. Hmm. By the time you go through all the pretrial gyrations between the arraignment and the pre-trial hearings, going through discovery, uh, depositions if necessary, and then the cost of trial. Right. Uh, that's an incredible time suck, and that means uh, your money goes with it. Mm. Do you think that prosecution is, you know, I, I think I've heard something to the effect where in Massachusetts, Anything involving a gun, like a gun, you know, being shot or in whether it's self-defense or, you know, offensive, you know, assault type of thing, um, it's automatically going to be sent to prosecution and, you know, someone's getting charged. Uh, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I've heard that. And I don't know if it's just part of the rumor mill about mass gun law, but I've, I've certainly heard that anything involving a gun you know, someone's going to get arrested and there's going to be a, you know, a, a trial or something, you know, someone's going to get charged. And, well, and that's a pretty safe bet. Your only chance of stamping it out is if you can get a clerk magistrate's hearing, if mm-hmm. the police go to a, a show cause hearing with the clerk magistrate, as opposed to going straight to the criminal complaint. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, they tend to go straight to the criminal complaint because they'll get it. Yeah. And do you think it's, you know, someone out there just trying to be able to, you know, hang a trophy on the wall? Or is it just that's the way it is in Massachusetts? If you have a gun incident, you're just going to have to be, you know, you're going to have to defend yourself in court. 
gun cases are politically charged cases. Therefore, the chances of it not being prosecuted are slim. Mm. Further, you're not going to be dealing with the local ADA on a substantive level. Mm-hmm. He or she is going to stand up the arraignment and read the charges, but any actual decisions as to disposition, plea bargaining, what have you, all of that will be dealt with by the district attorney's office, usually the appellate division. Mm-hmm. So it's over your local ADA's head. Mm-hmm. I had a case a couple months ago, simple arraignment. We should have been in and out in 10 minutes. And the case is called, and we were, we were the first or second case called. We thought, this is great. We're going to be out here in no time. <laughs> and despite the fact that the case was, at that point, five months old between the incident and actually getting to the arraignment, the ADA was not prepared and he asked for second call, which came at noon. He wasted three hours of my time, co-counsel's time, both defendants' time. Hmm. When he finally came back, it was because he had to talk to the handlers at the DA's office Jeez. as to what they wanted. And then he, they decided that, after waiting for three hours, keeping him waiting for three hours, keeping his attorney waiting for three hours, they didn't need to do anything with the, the second defendant, and he was fine. Then they wanted bail for my guy, and he goes off with this long litany about the charges, da 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 which have nothing to do with bail, as I told the court. Uh, nothing to do with bail whatsoever. And if he was such a flight risk, how come he didn't disappear during the five months between the incident and the arraignment? <laughs> so <laughs> the ADA didn't get bail. He lost on that one. But the fact that he had to go to his handlers at the district attorney's office to find out what they wanted to do with the case the morning of the arraignment shows you that they do not have control. And that's been with every case I've dealt with. The ADAs in the court do not have substantive control over the cases. It is all coming directly from the district attorney's office. Mm. It's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, you feel like when the if you found yourself in a self-defense situation and the police show up, you're probably finally relieved to some extent that, you know, the bad guy is who may or may not be still a threat. But at least the police and authorities are showing up. But at that point, you know, they're going to be talking to you and looking for a statement and everything else. And feel like you know you're one of them or one of the good guys but really they're building a case against you from the second they get there until you find yourself on that day in court for your arraignment or whatever you know the situation is so people should be a little wary about what they tell the police when they do show up right they should certainly contact their lawyer first wouldn't you agree absolutely because they're looking for a victim. Right. Uh, number one, the first person to call has the advantage. Sure. And, and second, if you're standing over an injured person, let alone a, a dead body, holding a gun, you're going to be the target of their investigation. Right. Uh, ideally, you won't even have the gun in your hand. You will have secured it in your holster. But if the person's wounded, you may need to hold them. Yeah. So the best you can do is simply say, I was in fear for my life. I 
I'd like to speak to my attorney, and if you've got any sort of chest pain, any injuries, I'd prefer to go to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. The trouble is, people think that they can settle it, plus they're all hyped up. Right. The adrenaline is rushing, they're not thinking clearly, and they basically just babble stream of consciousness stuff, which doesn't do them any good whatsoever. Right, yeah. No, I, I agree 100%, and we talk about this in some of our, you know, USCCA uh, concealed carry and home defense classes, where give a simple four-part statement to the police, and then it's, I want to talk to my lawyer, and I will not be talking to you any further until I get a chance to talk to my lawyer. We'll get in touch with you in a couple days or 24, 48 hours to give you a statement. But really, that's what people need to do. They need to just shut up, right? I mean, you think the cops are there, and now they're finally, oh, good, you're here. I feel some relief. and But really, they're not really on your side at that point. It, they might sound like they are and be like, hey, I'm glad you're okay. What happened? You know, they're trying to get the story out of you. But frankly, you're in no position to be, you know, just letting your mouth go at that point. Exactly. Yeah. That's something that the average person I don't think knows, you know, that as a gun owner. And that's something that we don't even want to think about, like, you know, to have to have to deal with that you know we do carry a gun for personal protection but you got to put that kind of thought into it and what is the legal aftermath that happens god forbid it ever needs to happen and the good news is statistically you're not very likely to have to use your gun but in this day and age things are crazy you never know but god forbid but you gotta you gotta think about that so what are some other stuff you've been working on keith anything interesting like going on in your practice these days? Well, as I was explaining last week, we had an interesting situation with the Firearms Records Bureau. Mm. I had repaired an application for a U.S. citizen living abroad. And this person applied for a non-resident LTC. Now, mind you, it's in the middle of the COVID crisis, plus it's international, and the client is in a country with extremely high censorship. So the communications take forever. What do we got about? <clears throat> so the application eventually comes back. There's no formal letter. There's no citation to law. They just scribbled on my cover letter that it wasn't their policy to issue permits to people not living in the U.S., well, of course, there's absolutely nothing in the statute that says that, which is why they couldn't cite a statute. So I replied to the FRB and explained that to them. And they thought about it, thought about it, discussed it with counsel, and counsel agreed. So last week, the client went in at great, great, great expense flying in from overseas for her meeting with the Firearms Records Bureau, and the client is getting a non-resident LTC. Nice. Which That's is great. the first time the FRB has ever issued one to somebody not living in the U.S., and apparently the client was quite the celebrity. They knew who she was when she walked in, which is kind of scary, and people were coming in to meet her because she is now <laughs> nice. ground, groundbreaking. Well, that's a feather in your cap. Good job on that, Keith. I appreciate you being with us. And if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only and couples classes at capegunworks.com. You're listening to Rapid Fire, and I'll be right back. No 
nobody thinks it will happen to them. But with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas. We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, sponsored by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts, iTunes, and etc. Or go to our website, capegunworks.com, and click on Rapid Fire, and you'll find our archived shows. And you can also get signed up to be notified when we go live. So we'd love to have you be a part of the discussion and join us every week. And you can also listen on the radio. Uh, don't forget... This is the last chance to sign up for the Veterans Top Shot Invitational. Go to TopShotInvitational.com and support these great charities, Heroes in Transition and the Nicholas G. Exaros Fund. We have a shooting tournament. It might be full, but if you can still register online, there's space. So if you're hearing my voice, you want to join us for that, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great time. You shoot four different stages, 22 pistol, 22 rifle. 9mm pistol, 9mm rifle with some really cool guns. You can bring your own, but you're going to probably want to shoot our guns. It's going to be fun. And they will all be dialed in for 50 feet, and it's going to be awesome. You have you don't have to have any shooting experience. You're going to shoot 10 rounds at 50 feet, uh, slow fire. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun for everyone, and may the best team win. So the good news is, if you never shot before but you got a ringer on your team, you're not going to bring down the team score. So the best cumulative score for each stage of fire is the team score. And we will award the winner with some cool prizes. So you don't want to miss that. Plus, we're going to have a side competition going on with cash prizes. So you don't want to miss out on that. Even if you can't make the tournament but you want to just come do that, that's going to be fun. There'll be a... 50-50 on that, raise some more money for charity. Uh, but it's going to be great. It'll be our third annual Top Shot Invitational, and the golf tournament went off awesome. So let's get to some of your questions. Oh, before we do that, today, if you're listening to this on the radio, it's too late. But if you're listening to this live, um, today is the last day to go to the ATF website and comment on the pistol brace regulation change. So... Today is September 8th, last day you have till midnight. So make sure you do a wonderfully crafted comment on why you don't think the ATF should be able to write new regulations that would impact probably, they estimate 10 to 12 million. But we know internally from the, the industry side of things that it's going to affect 40 million people. 
So there's 40 million people out there with braced pistols. And what that is, is there's a device that enables the shooter to strap it to their forearm so that they can shoot a heavier gun one-handed. And they're fit to be tied about it because it basically nullifies the um, NFA's $200 tax stamp on a short-barreled rifle. So you could have some sort of... Uh, pistol caliber carbine or rifle caliber pistol that has a barrel shorter than 16 inches with either no stock or one of these pistol braces on it. And then the ATF has gone back and forth like 400 times, and I'm barely exaggerating, but about whether you can shoulder those pistol braces or not. So their latest ruling was that you could shoulder fire them. So Everybody's been shoulder firing pistol braces and every major manufacturer is uh, selling a pistol with a brace on it. So they really cracked down on it back in like December. Then the Congress sent a letter to them and said, hey, pull this out of here. This is ridiculous. So they stopped their regulation ruling until they had a more favorable administration, in my opinion. And now they're trying to, imp imp you know, get. Uh, David Waco Chipman installed as the director of the ATF who obviously wants to ban any modern sporting rifle so he is uh, you know at the helm of a lot of this but the ATF is trying to make a ruling change so you're going to have to go to atf.gov and go in the comment, uh, search box and type in comments you'll find the comment section for the ATF uh, change of rules on the pistol brace and make sure your voice is heard craft out a wonderfully crafted email about that or a comment about that all right um, don't forget to check out date night every Friday and ladies night Thursdays go on the website and you can also try our range experience package if you don't have a license to carry you can shoot some guns under the tutelage of our alert range safety officers. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary, and we will be right back. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. 
When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the Bullet Drop Compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And make sure you join us every week for, I think, New England's only gun radio show. So we're happy to talk about all things guns, Second Amendment, freedom, self-defense, and all kinds of other crazy stuff that's going on in the world these days. But I want to get to some of your questions. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do that in the last segment. And uh, I'm not even going to pronounce this name because I think it's inappropriate but he wants to know if binary triggers are legal in mass. And yes, they are absolutely 100% legal. There is no regulation yet against binary triggers and probably not too many people that even know what the heck they are. So yeah, they are, they're fun and we sell them at the, at the store here. So you can go ahead and grab one of those. Uh, another question is, can you do a post band lower receiver transfer if it has a detachable magazine and when you register you build you just need to have pin stock and no bayonet lug and all that good stuff unfortunately not um, we do not participate in that um, unless it is substantially different than eugene stoner's design and uh, so we don't we don't just take regular ar lowers and do transfers for them um, because of the edict that happened on the day that will live in infamy, 7-2016, uh, the day that Maura Healy became uh, the judge, the executioner, and the prosecutor all in the same day. She basically wrote law, enforced the law, and interpreted the law. So that's the all three branches of government in one fell swoop by a, an attorney general. And everybody in the state capitulated and said, good job, excellent. She's taken a hard stance against evil guns. And, you know, it's just crazy to me that no one was like, hey, wait a minute. This is way outside her lane. And like the governor, he could have said, hey, like, uh, no, that's not your job. Stay in your lane. But obviously everyone was in on it or else it wouldn't have happened, in my opinion. So. Uh, you can't do that. Um, Davey says uh, he's working, but luckily he's the super, so no one will yell at him for watching. Cool. <laughs> well, that's good. As long as you don't set a bad precedent and you don't have that, like, do as I say, not as I do mentality. But maybe, uh, you know, gather everyone around lunch break and you can uh, get the whole company involved. So that'd be good. Um and Matt says he was in the store a few weeks ago, and do we have any of the Caltech bullpups left, the Caltech RDB? And I think we're fresh out of those, but we do get those in from time to time. So if you want one, call us and do a special order, and the next one that comes in will be yours. 
And we have another good question here that says, do pre-banned magazines need to be dated and stamped? Oh, I wish we had that when Keith was on the phone, but we'll, we'll talk about it next week. But no, it is my understanding the burden of proof is upon a prosecutor to tell you that it's not pre-banned. But don't back yourself into a corner and sit here and have a magazine that was never made prior to September 13th, 1994 and say, oh yeah, this... You know, for my new uh, SIG 365, this is pre-banned. And no, it wasn't because it wasn't even made then. So you got to make sure that the magazine was in fact made prior to the ban date. And uh, if it is, then do your due diligence. You don't want to, I mean, there's enough pre-banned magazines out there that you can actually get them. So there's no reason to risk losing everything to carry a non-pre-banned mag and sit there and pretend it is. So don't do that. In my opinion, follow the law, and then let's work on getting it changed through uh, loss, lawsuits and whatnot. So hopefully that helps, your question, helps, helps you out there. Um, but there are some model guns that there's no such thing as a pre-banned mag for it. So, you know, like S Smith MMPs, a lot of the SIG guns, the 320s, the 365s, etc., etc., etc. And here's another great question, and that is what defines a flash hider versus muzzle brake? Uh, does it just have to be advertised as a flash hider, or specific characteristics make it a flash hider over a muzzle brake? So, my understanding is it has to be the end has to be closed with a hole where the bullet obviously discharges. So if it's open on the end, it's more than likely a flash hider. There are certain <laughs> exceptions to that rule. It also does come down to what the manufacturer calls it and what its design intent was. So if the manufacturer makes something as a muzzle brake and it has an open end, then it's a muzzle brake. But if they say it's a flash hider, it's a flash hider. And also, if it's open on the end, a good rule of thumb is if it's open on the end, it's a flash hider. If it's closed, it's a muzzle brake. That's kind of the rule of thumb we go by. And uh, Brendan says, thanks for the spikes, AR9 lower. Toby, love it. My friend is wondering if you'll be getting any more in soon. I believe we have some in stock. So, um, yeah, we have those right now. So, let's see. Uh, I think this question was for Keith, but Jeff said, um, are you both criminal and civil defense? Any idea on that, Professor Claw? I think he'll he'll represent you criminally and civilly, yes. I don't I don't believe he makes any Yeah, definitely. Um so he'll help you out. Um let's see. <laughs> we got a couple people confused about the odd hours because this is the third week in a row we've gone live at an oddball time. And I apologize. We'll try to get back to some semblance of normalcy on that. Um, we have the U.S. Law Shield info on the stream here so that you can uh, find it. We also have uh, Keith Langer's website link on the chat as well. And if you aren't on either of those, uh, you'll have to Google it, I guess. <laughs> or, uh, you know, you can do the text uh, CGWMA 
to 281-603-0066 for the uh, U.S. Law Shield link. So that's what uh, where it is. They're saying it's not on our new website, but I thought we had both links on our website. Yeah, we're the new website has the U.S. Law Shield and USCCA links on there. So um, there you go. Uh, Derek's wondering if it's normal that he's been waiting three months for his ATF Form 1, the NFA Form 1, to come back. Yes, that's completely normal. You probably got another month to three months to wait. Unless you did it online, that would be very rare. That's a lot quicker, but if you do it on the old-fashioned paper, you're, you're going to wait a while. All right, that's the end of this uh first segment here the first hours in the bag if you're tuning in and moving on thank you this show is ending here but it goes on for another hour so tune in at capegunworks.com slash rapid fire and join us on the range or hear extended answers to your questions i appreciate you joining in god bless i'm toby leary and this is rapid fire we'll see you next week if you're sticking around stick around May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. Welcome to Rapid Fire, sponsored by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and let your voice be heard. We'll, we'll answer your questions on the chat, or you can call into the show. And we appreciate you joining us on the second hour. This is the bonus time, and if you're listening online, we appreciate it. Or if you're listening on WCRN, we appreciate you listening in. We're going to try and do one of these segments live coming up so that we'll be able to take some calls from the WCRN listeners, but we're still a little ways away from that. And uh, today uh, is Wednesday the 8th, and it's the last day to go on the ATF website and make your voice heard about the, um, the pistol brace ban. So make sure you do that. Also, uh, Please sign up for the Top Shot Invitational, which is the 20th anniversary of September 11th. It's our third anniversary of the Top Shot Invitational, which is going to be Saturday from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And if you don't get signed up for the tournament, but you still want to be a part, come on down. 
you'll still be able to do some fun shooting and some other stuff. We'll have bands and music and food and et cetera, et cetera. So you'll be able to participate and maybe contribute to the two great charities. So we have Heroes in Transition and the Nicholas G. Xaros Fund. And I feel more now than ever that they need our support. So make sure you come on down for that and join us. Go to topshotinvitational.com and we'd love to have you. All right, we're going to get to some of your questions in this hour. And um, so there's been a lot of questions rolling into the stream, and I appreciate it. Uh, so um, let's let's pick up where we left off. Um, I answered the one for, from Derek about the ATF Form 1. Yeah, you're going to wait a while on that one. And uh, Harry would like to know in, the, in an upcoming episode if Keith will address how frequently local chiefs get overruled on issuing LTCs by the Firearms Licensing Review Board. That's a great question. I, I don't know if he knows any statistics on that, but maybe we could find that out. And Keith is also uh, correcting the record for me when I gave out some bad information about the, I thought you had a 180-day grace period to apply for your license if you moved to the state, but it's not. Mass General Law, Chapter 140, Section 129C, Subsection J, says uh, that you have 60 days, not 180 like I thought. So, all right. Um, and KJ and Steve Daniels want some advance notice for these live broadcasts. Like, we should probably try to do that. But sometimes it's a moving target. We have a lot going on. <laughs> I apologize. We are in the middle of an ATF audit. We're in the middle of a point-of-sale changeover. We're in the middle of new website. Uh, yeah, what else we got going on? Anything else? Um, I'm going to be leaving here after the show to go to Boylston to the Worcester Pistol and Rifle uh, range. I'm going to be in a class and probably co-teaching a class with Rob Pincus tomorrow. Uh, combat focus carbine or DFS or DFC, I should say, dynamic focus carbine, um, which is a really good eight-hour dynamic carbine class that is for defensive purposes. A lot of people using carbines and long guns for home defense. If I have my choice between a pistol and a long gun, I want the long gun. Um, but because you have four points of contact instead of two, you get to shoulder the weapon. You have your, you know, your uh, control hand on the pistol grip. You have your cheek welded to the stock, and you have your support hand out on the forend. So, uh, four points of contact are better than two. Um, but you know, they're a little bit more uh, gangly and unruly as you meander through your house. So you want to definitely get a sling. Um, it certainly might make it a little more difficult to usher children, small children, to the barricade point. Um, but we mentioned the USCCA Concealed Carry and Home Defense class in the last hour. And these are some of the things and tactics we go through about having a home defense plan. So what is your home defense plan? Because a gun under the pillow at night isn't a home defense plan. Even a gun at a in a safe, responsible storage device, like a quick access safe, a biometric safe isn't necessarily a plan. It's a tool at your disposal, but it's not necessarily the plan on how to keep your family safe in the house should you uh, 
you know, need to, which we all need to. The A comprehensive plan takes everything from like SEPTED is the old uh, acronym for it, which stands for, uh, you know, security through environmental um, development or tactics. So in other words, the exterior of your house, do you have hedges that block the windows? Do you have uh, overgrown bushes? Do you have um, good lighting? Do you have motion detectors? Do you have cameras? Do you have maybe uh, some extra extra bars in the windows so the bars can't be just pried open? Do you have extra locks on the doors so they can't just be kicked open? So these are, how about an alarm system? This is all that exterior uh, security. Then once you get in, what's your plan for you know, getting your family to a safe point and barricading yourself in and locking yourself in while you get 911 on the horn to come you know, and deal with the situation that's unfolding. You know, back in the day, the the thought was, well, shoot, anybody comes on my property, I'm going to sit there and unload on them, you know, and that's not exactly smart, nor is it legal, nor is it morally right. Once they're in your house, that's a little bit of a different story. We do have castle doctrine, in this state which protects you in your home should you be in fear for your life but then it also brings up the whole argument of should versus could just because you can legally shoot to defend yourself inside your home what if you have an opportunity to retreat to a barricade position and get 911 on the phone and they come deal with it is that a better situation there's certain people that are like never going to see it that way they feel that they're violated as soon as somebody comes in the house to do them harm you know i i understand that mentality but if they're just there to steal the tv and they're a drug addict should they be killed for that you know i'd rather see them go on to live another day and maybe get some help get cleaned up and uh you know i don't think that something that's as easily replaceable as a tv is worth killing somebody over personally, even if you legally might be protected. Um, so that's uh, something to think about. And we explain this in some of the classes we teach here at Cape Gunworks. So uh, the whole should versus could is a different side of legal versus illegal. So yeah, it's good to understand law, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, we all have a moral obligation to do what we feel is morally right and you know, if that involves taking the life of somebody over an object that can be easily replaced, obviously that's where your moral compass is. And, you know, everyone has to figure that out for themselves. I can't dictate that to you. I can only explain what I feel and give you the evidence of why I feel this way. I think it puts your, your family safety in a better position if you have a good comprehensive home defense plan. That's my, my thought. All right. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right, take one-on-one -on -one lessons at Cape Gunworks. We have instruction tailored to you. Lessons for pistol, rifle, and shotgun. Test out our different guns. Go to capegunworks.com forward slash privates and get signed up today. We have a lot of great instructors. And we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lear.
If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And join us every week. Go to capecomworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire if you want your voice to be heard. Be a part of the conversation. We'd love to have you join us. You can type your questions into the chat or give us a call into the show. And we're, we'd love to hear from you. So getting back to your questions after my big, long rabbit hole about home defense, um, which spurred a couple more questions, uh, let's... Um, let's see here. Sorry, I'm way ahead. Uh, but we have a question from Hustle who says, do we have any 45 ACP pistols in stock? And we do. We have a SIG 220. It's used. It just came in. And uh, hopefully it's still in stock by the time you give us a call. But if you want to call us, you can certainly uh, give us a jingle if you want to put that one aside. Um 45 ACP pistols have not only been hard to get lately, but they've been hard to keep in stock. For some reason, they're flying off the shelves these days. We had a, uh, I think, three HK, <laughs> three HK 45 compacts come in, and they went out as quick as they came in. And yeah, so uh, let's see. KJ says, anyone shoot the Kimber Mako 9 yet? Not I. Also, you've heard that HK and Walther will both be coming out with micro compacts with 10 to 12 round capacity on any word on that. I have not heard. It sounds like a little bit higher capacity than 10 to 12 rounds there, uh, Professor Claw, but <laughs> um, yeah, that might be belt fed action, but I want to know who's coming out with a micro compact belt fed. No, that would be cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to make that one, I think. Uh, you've heard that. So I don't, I haven't heard of those two micro compacts, but I wouldn't doubt it. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon right now. It all started with the SIG 365, and then it went to the Max 9 Pro and the Shield Plus, and even the Taurus G3 Compact is almost in that same size. It's a little bit bigger than those, but it's still along those lines. We have the, uh, what else just came out? Oh, of course, the Springfield Hellcat. Um, Kimber came out with that full polymer framed uh, micro nine which is pretty cool 
I'm definitely looking forward to checking that out. It looks very similar to the Springfield Hellcat, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, whoever tests these guns in Massachusetts will be able to sell the heck out of them. The SIG 365 and 365XL have by far eclipsed any other gun as our top selling gun in the building for a long time to come. The greatest thing though about the Smith & Wesson Shield Plus is you can get it without a thumb safety, unlike the 365. So you can't get the 365 without a thumb safety in the Mass People's Republic of Massachusetts. So um, you can with the Shield Plus. So you want to check that out if you don't want a thumb safety. Uh, all right, so back to a couple more of your questions. Um, to a bolt-action rifle, you don't need to have a muzzle brake pin and welded, correct? Yes, that is correct. Bolt actions are not considered assault weapons, so you don't need. You can have collapsible stocks, folding stocks, threaded barrels, flash hiders, bayonet lugs. You can have all the evil features you want, even on a fixed mag AR. You can have all of those. So um, you don't any anything that's not detachable magazine, semi-automatic. You can have the quote-unquote evil military features um, that Diane Feinstein so aptly uh, coined back in 93 or 94 when they did the first assault weapons ban. By the way, has anyone seen Diane Feinstein lately? I heard she has uh, gone the way of, uh, you know, like Weekend at Bernie's. It's like Weekend at Feinstein. I, have, I heard she is not doing well in in poor health which i'm not happy about i'm just saying i don't wish that on anybody but uh if she can't do her job which i don't think i think there's a lot of argument there that she could never do her job of you know because she wanted to violate the constitution at every turn but um interesting things shaping up in california because you have this recall election of gavin newsom which all of a sudden they're not worried about because they're 20 points ahead in the polls, but yet they have Kamala Harris coming to campaign. Uh, they have, uh, who else was coming to campaign? All the celebrities are speaking out for, you know, Gavin Newsom, even though his state is a literal dumpster fire right now with regard to um, homelessness, uh, illegal immigration, lockdown, COVID restrictions. Uh, wildfires burning out of control because they can never seem to regulate their forests. And it's just a legit dumpster fire out in California, not to mention highest taxes, you know, high taxes. And, you know, it's just unbelievable. So there's a recall election about Governor Newsom's handling of the COVID-19, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, over the past year and a half. And one of the leaders on the Republican side is talk show host Larry Elders, who has said that if he is governor, if they elect him governor, then he is going to call on the carpet Diane Feinstein's whereabouts. And if she is in fact disposed and cannot perform her duties as a senator, then he will replace her, look to replacing her with a Republican, which throws the balance of power in the Senate off and creates this whole other, you know, dynamic where the Senate is no longer a Democrat majority. So real interesting times we live in. The stuff that, you know, you never saw things like this even being discussed uh, 
10, 20, 30 years ago. And now we're talking about packing Supreme Court. We're talking about uh, giving statehood to D.C. and Puerto Rico. We're talking about, uh, you know, recall elections. We're talking about, um, you know, the, throwing off the whole balance of the Senate. Um, it's just crazy times we live in. And we have a really controversial nominee for the ATF in David Chipman, David Waco Chipman, who was present in at the Waco tragedy and also Ruby Ridge and actually posed in front of smoldering remains and bodies of the Branch Davidians for a picture. I mean, he literally posed in front of this as a picture. I think that should just be out there. Every congressman or senator who has to confirm him, uh, the Senate that has to confirm him, should be given that picture. And that should be the end of the story. Why is he getting voted on when, I mean, fortunately, they keep delaying it and keep keep kicking the can down the road. But why is he getting his day in the Senate if that alone, you know, not to mention all the advocacy he's done for gun control groups like Every Town and uh, the Bloomberg group. Uh, so, frankly, it's a no-go. Even, you know, some moderate Democrats are saying he's way too controversial a figure. They're not going to get his vote. So, but anyway, um, I got, I don't know how I got there from here, but <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, it was all about Diane Feinstein's lingo about evil features. So I was answering Rodrigo's question about bolt action rifles. Anyway, everything's connected folks. It's all this big spider web. Any advice to us younger guys who want to hang our own shingle and get an FFL in and a mass dealer's license and an O2 SOT in mass. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we'd be happy to help you out if you want to do that. Uh, it's a long, arduous process that's probably going to take you about a year and a half. And you got to have a commercially zoned retail location. You got to be able to get licensed by your local town. Ironically, when we had our the ATF show up, this week for our, you know, FFL audit, uh, they give you kind of a laundry list of stuff they're looking for. And they said, oh, yeah, it looks like your business license is expired for the town of Barnstable. I'm like, holy smokes, my federal ATF agent is telling us that my local business license for the town of Barnstable is expired. So we look into it. Sure enough, it expired back in April. So we go online and we updated and renew, pay the pipe or pay the fee. But we never even got notification from our, <laughs> from the town that it had expired. And then we started to run down the list of licenses that we actually need to operate here. And it's unbelievable. So Brendan and I both have our state dealer's license license to sell ammunition and license to perform gunsmithing and then we each have a green card which is also known as the uh, machine gun license then we have our local business license we have a state uh, business license and we have under the local business license we have an entertainment license because we have tvs and a pool table so under the pool table and TVs, that falls under 
a recorded entertainment license. So you pay per device too. So we have a fee for a pool table, a fee for however many TVs we have. And if we broadcast audio in the in the uh, in the showroom, which we do, we play some smooth jazz. It's the least offensive music out there. Studies have shown. So if you come in, you're going to be you're you're not your nerves are going to be calmed immediately when you go over and get a nice hot cup of coffee on the house and you listen to some smooth jazz. You're going to calm those nerves as you come into the gun store. And that's one of the reasons we're so warm and inviting. But uh, <laughs> so we have those entertainment licenses. So we pay like three different fees for the different TVs, for the broadcasting audio, for the uh, for the pool table. And then a week before we opened, we were told we needed a shooting gallery license, which we didn't even know existed. And somewhere in the like Massachusetts blue laws, I'm sure when the traveling carnivals came to town, they were required to get a shooting gallery license for $25. And the renewal of such said license will be no more than $5. So you can tell by the way it was written and when it was written and the amount of money involved that it was probably for traveling carnivals that do shooting galleries. But no, we had to go out and go before the town and have a hearing, and then they imposed a $100 fine on us, or not fine, but $100 fee, even though the law says $25. Oh my gosh, I digress. So there's a lot that goes into opening your own FFL and hanging your own shingle out there. So that's some of the stuff. We'll be right back. You're listening to Legal, uh, you're listening, you're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary, but if you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield. We'll be right back. I'm Toby Lear. Nobody thinks it will happen to them, but with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7-365 emergency hotline, not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas. We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, 
keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Love talking to you guys every week. This is, as far as I know, the only gun talk radio show in the area. So we're happy to be doing it, and uh, it's great. You know, I want to hear from you guys, too. Sound off in the chat. If you haven't signed up to be alerted when we go live, go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and then we can get to your questions. Because I like to hear from you. What do you guys interested in what is it you're looking for what's some of the new stuff that you've tried or you've found that works for you or doesn't work for you like I give a lot of uh, advice on what I carry or why I carry and how I carry but I want to hear from you guys too like what's the what gun do you carry what's your concealed carry what's your uh, setup do you do you carry what's your EDC some people I know that own more guns than probably I have in my gun store uh, and they never carry a gun. <laughs> they're more of a collector. They're more of a, you know, interested in the history or the historicity of the guns and whatnot. But so, yeah, sound off in the comments if you want to uh, talk about that. I'd love to see what you guys have and what you're looking for and what, you know, it's funny because everybody wants what they can't have, right? So in this state, we get a lot of, how do I get an AR? How do I get a Glock? How do I get a AK-47? So, um, but what is it that you carry? And obviously there's no law that prohibits you from carrying any gun as long as it doesn't violate the assault weapons ban and it doesn't have high cap mags unless you're law enforcement. Because we do have a two-tier justice system in this wonderful state. So there's one set of rules for V and one set of rules for me. So that's the way it works. But um, obviously that should be found um, unconstitutional. But I digress. We are where we are, and let's try and fight it. Keep fighting. We live in hope. Keep kicking the ball up the hill. That's my theory in life. Keep kicking the ball up the hill. Sooner or later, it has to roll down the other side. So, all right. Tom says he's a mass licensed to carry holder, and he's traveling to Vermont, New Hampshire this weekend. And from what he can gather, he's covered for concealed carry in both states. Can you comment on Maine? Sure, no problem. You are correct. You are totally fine to travel to both of those states and the great state of Maine as well. So the way life should be, the live free or die and the Green Mountain state are all constitutional carry states. And I would love to see that permeate through our nation. I think we're up to 24 or 25 uh, constitutional carry states. And I do remember when Vermont was the only one. Vermont was the first. So, uh, but I will say Vermont has since adopted some really bad gun legislation rules. There's still constitutional carry. And surprisingly enough, the only law for years in Vermont, besides like federal law, was that you couldn't own suppressors. So they ruled recently that you can own suppressors. I think they became the 
42nd state where suppressor ownership is legal. And there's just eight of us that are clingers, bitter clingers holding on to banning suppressors because they might save your hearing. I don't know. They watch too many liberal Hollywood elite movies where suppressors sound like nothing. Pew, pew. And they kill people with that. So because of that stigma, we can't own suppressors in this state, even though it literally just reduces the decibel level of 20 to 30 decibels um, and makes it somewhat hearing safe, maybe outside with certain calibers. So no such thing as whisper quiet unless you're shooting out of a bolt action 22 with subsonic ammo then maybe, yeah, that's about as quiet as it gets. And it's generally a single-shot rifle at that point. All right. Um, so, yeah, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, you're good to go. In Maine, you're obligated to tell a police officer if you're pulled over that you're carrying a gun. So that's one of the rules in Maine. So uh, there you go. Um, we have a question. Is there a limit to the amount of handguns we can buy in a day? And you're only limited by how much money you have with you. So thankfully, in this state, you're only limited by your wallet or your, um, you know, how much money's in the bank, frankly. You can buy as many as you want. Um, internally, as a gun store, we are required to file a 3310 is what it's called, a Form 3310. It's called a multiple handgun sale form. So if you buy two or more guns, handguns, then we are required to report that to the ATF and the uh, local PD in whichever town uh, you reside in. And then we just let them know. But really, that doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Um, you can buy as many as you want. Uh, so, yeah, come in and let the smooth jazz do its thing. Bring bring fistfuls of dollar and we'll sell you multiple handguns in one day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. Uh, explain a little bit about the process to getting your handgun license from beginning to end. Oh, man, I don't know if we have enough time on the rest of this show. But if you want to exercise your Second Amendment right as a citizen or a resident, permanent resident, then... What you have to do is go take a class where they're going to tell you what you can and can't do with such rights. And then you take the certificate from that class to the local police department. You apply. You pay a fee to apply. You subject yourself to fingerprinting, photographing, and a extensive background check that is supposed to come back within 40 days. The state is obligated to respond within 40 days. And as attorney Keith Langer likes to say, if you haven't heard back in 40 days, you've been issued a denial. So you need to start getting your paperwork in order. You need to start, number one, make sure that all of your paperwork is in duplicate. So your fingerprinting, photographing, and your application is in duplicate. So you submit one and you keep a copy as well. Uh, as well as your certificate that you got from the class that you attended. And once the state does its extensive background check, they can then issue you a license to carry, restricted or unrestricted. So the chief, ha at his discretion, can 
restrict it to whatever he wants for target shooting and hunting or for any lawful purpose, for personal protection, for collecting or whatever the heck he wants to dream up. So um, at that point, you're issued your license and then you can purchase a firearm in the state of Massachusetts. And at that point, you can, if it's unrestricted, carry the gun on you out in the real world. So hopefully you've taken a class and learned the safe and efficient use of a firearm. So yeah, that's the short answer to that loaded question. <laughs> what is the best option for long gun home defense? Um, that's very subjective, and I don't think I could answer that with the remaining time on the show, but um, it's whatever you can uh, manipulate and afford and stage correctly. So it might be a handgun. It might be a long gun. If it's a long gun that you really want, then you got to decide between center fire or uh, 22 or shotgun. Um, for me, it would probably be like an AR-15-ish rifle. That's that's what I would prefer. I have an SBR, a short-barreled rifle, which I would prefer because it's not as long to maneuver throughout the house. And this is where um, suppressor ownership would really come in handy is for home defense. If you're in a confined space firing a 5.56 five, um, or a you know big centerfire rifle, you're probably going to cause permanent hearing damage if you don't have some sort of hearing protection. So, uh, We have a question that says, I have a special needs son and I'm looking to get my LTC. Will they give me any grief when I apply? And no, that shouldn't be a problem because even if your son has special needs or not, you have to secure the weapons in a way that they will not have unauthorized access to the guns. So, yeah, you'll you'll be um, you should be fine in that regard. Just make sure you stage them accordingly or store them accordingly in the house. Um, that way, you won't be um, putting anybody in danger. Uh, and let's see. Um, after training at uh, WORC. You have to swing by Dragon 88. Yeah, um, that would be nice. I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, I haven't done a, <laughs> I haven't done a whole lot of uh, training lately. I mean, my last training class was in January. No, I'm sorry, in March. I was down in St. Augustine, and I went to uh, the Ancient City Shooting Range down there and did a three days worth of training. I did an instructor conference and then we did a couple of cool classes like red dot class and um a carbine class which by the way i will be at worcester uh, pistol and rifle tomorrow to do a carbine class with rob pinkus um, but hopefully uh that class is already full but if not check with gold it's a fundraiser for gun owners action league he comes up every september to do a four day class four days of classes for us so it's it's good deal um and uh, if you haven't taken one of those classes, I really recommend you do it. You'll get a discount on the actual cost of those classes, and you'll be able to train with one of the best in the business and support Gun Owners Action League. So it's a win-win. All right, let's see. Um, <clears throat> KJ is saying 
he's taking me to task on my literal dumpster fire and he's saying it's a virtual dumpster fire not a literal dumpster fire and i just say depends on where you go because i know there's dumpster fires going somewhere in california at any given moment so yeah i digress do you have any hk usp nine millimeters uh no we're fresh out of those unfortunately i wish we had a whole case full of them because they're cool guns you can pretend you're a navy seal if you had one <laughs> or, or the SOCOM 23, which aren't mass compliant, but at one point in time, the Navy SEALs used one of those gargantuan handguns, um, but they were good for suppressing. Let's see. Have I received any Canic uh, of the new Canic Meat SFXs yet? No, we haven't. Um, unfortunately, I want to see. I want to see them, but I haven't seen them. So. And LARPer Trader says, good Lord, he had no idea about the superfluous licensing that Cape Gunworks holds. Uh, I don't plan on having any TVs or smooth jazz starting out. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just be careful you don't have like a playlist open on your YouTube channel or something. Because, you know, the town ordinance guy might come down and say, you don't have a license to play that. And whap you with some $50 fine or something like that. You never know. Um, and his EDC is a Glock 23 Gen 5 with pre-band mags and the uh, Filster Floodlight and Filster Enigma with pre-band mags. Cool. Those are fun guns, no doubt about it, the Glock 23. So he's, you're like still living in like 1998, which is pretty cool. I'm not passing judgment, but you have uh, the 40 cal. And the 40 was the all the rage for a while there like i remember thinking in my head like man i need to get a 40 and i did i went out and bought a 40 but it was like the cool gun to get it was a 40 it was the round and nowadays i would say nine millimeters in vogue and uh 40s kind of lost its luster a little bit and it, it, for a lot of good reasons i might add unless you're in law enforcement you need to penetrate through ba barriers and whatnot but that good stuff so yeah um, but 40 is available, so there you go. All right, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only and couples classes at capegunworks.com. So make sure you get signed up for those. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. We'll be right back. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. 
There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltTechSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltTechSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Don't forget about the Veterans Top Shot Shooting Contest. You can sign up at topshotinvitational.com. It's this September 11th from 4 to 8 p.m. And if you're hearing this after that date, you missed it. And hopefully you didn't miss it. Hopefully you came. But it's our third annual shooting contest on the anniversary, 20th anniversary of September 11th to benefit Heroes in Transition and the Nicholas G. Xaros Fund, two Gold Star charities, locally homegrown charities uh, by great Gold Star families that are doing the Lord's work here in our area, helping veterans and veterans' causes. So we would love you to join us. It's going to be a great time. We're really looking forward to it. I know State Representative Tim Whalen will be stopping by between 4 and 5 p.m., so if you want to meet him, get a photograph with the man himself. Also, state rep, newly elected state rep, Stephen Ixaros, will be stopping by between 4 and 5 p.m. as well. And he is the father of Nicholas G. Ixaros, who was the son who passed away in Afghanistan all those years ago. And one of the last words he said to his mother was, I'm living the dream. So... He was supporting freedom in, you know, one of the world's hell holes and did and paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have what we have and, and also curb terror on the world stage and, you know, did amazing work out there. And I really thank uh, his father for starting that charity and all the work he's been doing for veterans in our area. And he will be stopping by. So if you want to meet uh, Representative Ixaros, come on by. We'd love to have you. And there'll be lots to do besides the shooting tournament if you can't sign up or you can't shoot in it. So we'd love to have you have you there. Um, it's going to be a great time, third annual, on the 20th anniversary of September 11th. And these groups need our help more than ever. So my hat's off to any veterans of uh, the War on Terror in Iraq, Afghanistan, and throughout the world. Um, we've had lots of people who work for us that are, you know, combat vets. And we had uh, one of them, Dave, Special Forces Dave, who used to be a range officer, uh, come by the other day, and he heard us talking on the Howie Carr Show about it. And he said, let me know if you ever want to talk about Afghanistan. He'll be glad to tell us. And I was talking to him about some of the weapons that were left, and fortunately, some of the 
soldiers and you know airmen that were there when they were ordered to leave took it upon themselves to destroy some of the equipment thank god um and they went at it with hammers and torches and you know welders and you know so a lot of those helicopters will never fly again thankfully even though uh they're left with the technology to reverse engineer but every gauge smashed every instrument smashed every you know fuel cells smashed windows smashed rotors broken uh, you know so he was kind of chuckling because he'd talked to some of the operators in the area who left some presents for the taliban should they want to try some of those aircraft out they might have a bumpy ride um, so you know i just it sickens me to the core to think about leaving um leaving 85 billion dollars worth of military grade weapons in the hands of terrorists that we went there 20 years ago to to fight against and here we are 20 years later yeah and <laughs> i'm handed a ticket on purpose you never know man that how can it not be like this didn't sneak up on us we knew we were leaving and how do you screw it up that bad i don't know but they did and my my words of encouragement are it was not in vain okay we made the world a better place for 20 years and a hellhole better for 20 years and gave people education and women dignity and people could walk down the street without fear of having their noses chopped off or being hung or being you know executed on the streets for not following a certain law and you know that's that's the way i see it but anyway we'll get to more of your questions here don't forget to check out date night every friday night and ladies night every other thursday the range experience package is for those of you who want to shoot some cool guns but you don't have a license and you can't rent a lane maybe you hear from another country or on you know you're a tourist to our area uh, again we don't bite the hand that feeds us so we're willing to help you out and let you shoot some cool guns and go home with a cool target so we'll be right back this is rapid fire i'm toby leary your host made in america since 1949 family owned and operated legendary performance this is hornady may your tag of a lifetime finally come through may the snow pile up and the elk come down may your socks always stay dry may the herd bull finally break from the herd and may your aim always stay true welcome to the next level welcome to the vortex snap safe featuring a pry resistant 3 inch solid steel door 2300 degree fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection and a lifetime warranty snap safe a modular safe with welded safe security Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-owner of Cape Gunworks in beautiful Hyannis, Cape Cod. And this is a great time of year. 
come to the Cape September and October. Um, the weather is beautiful, the water is warm, and the crowds have largely gone. So good place to weekend trip and come on into Cape Gunworks if you're in the area. Uh, we get a lot of people that come see us every year. They're down from Springfield or Worcester or, you know, Fitchburg or Pittsfield or wherever you're from way out there. And, uh, you know, we'd, we love seeing you every year and some people come on down and they're surprised to see what we have in stock. So uh, I remember when we first opened our gun store, uh, a f- guy who followed us on Instagram from Canada, like, had to find us so he found us in our little hole in the wall gun store over on Barnstable Road when we first opened up and he's like hey I follow you on Instagram and I'm like oh cool it was awesome it was pretty neat to see how the world is a small place nowadays with social media and everything else um, so yeah we're glad to glad to have you into the store and um, I was wondering if you guys you know we talked a few weeks ago Keith Langer gave us some breaking news about the settlement on the Remington case with the Sandy Hook families. Some breaking news. Um, you heard it here first. So uh, I've, I'm reading an article today on Ammo Land uh, written by, let me see who it's written by. It's written by Dave Workman about how this legal action by the Sandy Hook parents versus Remington is really taking some strange turns. And so Keith Langer announced how Remington had settled this lawsuit with $3.9 million given to each family, which was a horrific precedent to be set. But ironically enough, the more you drill down and read into it, Remington had nothing to do with it because they ceased to exist. And that was my question at the time from Keith was, is it the new company that's settling? Is it the lawyers? Who Who's settling? Because Remington cease to exist and that's what this whole article is about um, that four insurance companies have pretty much taken over the former company's defense so this these four insurance companies are representing a company that doesn't exist anymore and they're the ones that made this settlement offer and so it's it's really an interesting article you should you should read it for yourself but uh, basically the the whole gist of it is this really isn't a payout by a gun company to victims of crime and evil so it isn't like Remington admitting culpability or some sort of liability it's literally an insurance agent agency or for insurance companies trying to settle a matter that isn't going to have the same result. I think it's a terrible precedent to set, but it's not the same as if Rem Arms, the new company, just said, here, we want to pay for this to make it go away. So it's the whole case has lots of twists and turns, all kinds of other lawsuits and defamation lawsuits and whatnot. So read it. It's a it's a pretty interesting read and um you know i for one am a little bit i feel a little bit better about the case that it's not just you know rem arms the new company that is remington arms basically that bought the rights to their rifles and shotguns uh not capitulating to a frivolous lawsuit so anyway go ahead and read that for yourself 
Uh, let's see. We'll get to a few more of your questions here. Um, uh, Lawrence wants to know if we have any GSG 16s, and we do. We have those in stock right now. So if you want one, come on down, and uh, we'll we'll hook you up. And uh, so, what is it? It's a uh, the GSG 16 is a pretty cool little 22 rifle that we have to massify for sale in Massachusetts. But it's basically like a it's similar to the uh, HK uh, MP5, but it's a 22 version. So it's a pretty cool little gun. And if you're looking for a cheap planker, that's it because it shoots 22. But uh, yeah, so for those of you who want one, we have them in stock. And uh, let's see, KJ saying his EDC used to be the Glock 27, which is also 40 cal, but now is the Hellcat or the Mossberg MC2C. The thinner frames are much more comfortable, and as a retired LEO, you can have the high cap mags. I agree, everyone should have access. Um, so yeah, that's pretty interesting. You were able to secure yourself a Hellcat, which is cool. Um, I don't know how, but you know we can't sell them in this state here uh, yet. Hopefully, they'll be on the mass-approved weapons roster pretty soon, um, but they're not, and. Uh, so maybe somebody moved here with one or whatever, sold it through the grapevine, or you know maybe a dealer sold it. I'm not sure, but uh, the Mossberg MC2C is a great gun. I actually like it a lot more than the MC1. Uh, it in free states has a 12-round mag and a 15-round mag, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's a 15-round. But it, again, it's along the lines of that subcompact. It's a little bigger. It's even bigger, I think, than the Sig 365 XL. But it it's a very nice size gun, and it shoots great. Um, the Hellcat is along the idea of the 365. It's a little bit smaller um, than that. But I can't wait for that gun to hit the list. I bought a ton of them in anticipation of them hitting the list, but no soap here <laughs> hasn't hasn't happened yet um, and they're they're really putting out almost a biannual or a triannual list of guns even though they're supposed to come out with it quarterly but they don't they don't come out with that massive approved weapons roster list quarterly like they're supposed to I'm waiting no okay we're just getting locked and loaded, but um, sheepers. <laughs> but the uh, what do you call it? Um, Firearms Policy Coalition has filed a lawsuit in Massachusetts challenging that whole approved weapons roster in the first place, which I is music to my ears. It's a symphony, it's an orchestra of you know wonderful sound. It's well-pleasing to my ears whenever I heard that they filed a lawsuit in this state. You know, not that I'm, I should say this out loud. I'm going to say the, uh, the quiet part out loud. But, you know, as a gun dealer, sometimes you're like, wow, it's a good thing I don't have to sell every manufactured weapon known to man because our inventory would... I think we have 1,500 guns in stock right now. What would it look like if I could sell every Taurus and Sky and Kimber and, you know, uh, 
Springfield and every model made, it would be overwhelming at first. Obviously, would have to divide and conquer. But um, on the other hand, freedom says, I want to be able to buy any gun I want. So, yeah, the mass list has a little bit of uh, advantage as a gun dealer that I don't have to stock every gun known to man. But that doesn't make us free. It makes us, you know, subject to the tyranny that is being imposed upon us. So I hope that Firearms po Policy Coalition is successful and sues them and wins. And my money will go to support that cause. Hopefully yours will too. Another show in the bag, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, remember, the show ends here, but you can always tune in at capegunworks.com forward slash rapid fire. Listen to the archives. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community. Be an advocate. Join Goal and be an advocate together. As Americans, we can overcome anything. All right? Um, I'm Toby Leary. May God bless you all as you go about your way and be safe. We'll see you next week on Rapid Fire. Thanks for tuning in.